The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This interview will include forward-looking statements on synthetic biologics' current expectations and projections about future events. These statements are based upon current beliefs, expectations, and assumptions and are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties, including those set forth in synthetic biologics filings with the SEC, many of which are difficult to predict. Actual results may differ materially from such statements. The information included in this interview is provided only as of the date of this interview, and Synthetic Biologic undertakes no obligation to update any forward-looking statements stated in its interview on account of new information, future events, or otherwise except as required by law. Welcome to C. diff spores and more with your hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. We're here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here are your hosts, Nancy Kerala with Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Welcome to C. diff spores and more. Born sponsored by the C. diff Foundation. I'm your host, Nancy Kerala with Dr. Chandrabali. Chandra Bali Ghosh. We are here to discuss C. diff, also known as Clostridium difficile, C. difficile, and CDI. What it is, how to prevent acquiring this infection, and the scientific research. Thank you. I would like to start off by thanking our listeners for tuning into our radio show. But before we get into all that, Nancy, would you like to tell us a little bit about your story and your experiences with C. diff, and also a quick introduction about our sponsor, the C. diff Foundation? Thank you, Dr. Ghosh. Yes, it would be a pleasure. C. diff has no boundaries. It can happen to anyone. It has touched my life three times and has taken years off my life as many other C. diff survivors. I'm a nurse of 24 years, and in 2008, I contracted the C. diff infection while caring for patients hospitalized and suffering from this horrible infection. It took two years to recover, and eventually the doctors referred me to hospice. In 2011, I returned to nursing, and after three months of caring for patients, also diagnosed with C. diff, I acquired it again and was bedridden for an entire year. Who would believe it was a true nightmare? Today, I am C. diff negative, yet live with permanent gastrointestinal damage, caused by this infection. Yes, I am a C. diff survivor. And however, tragically, our family also lost our our father in 2004 from C. diff involvement. He received antibiotic therapy to treat an initial infection, which led to him acquiring a C. difficile infection. I know how fighting a C. diff infection can be. It's exhausting on so many levels. It is a physically, mentally, and financially debilitating infection. It has the ability, excuse me, to steal away a loved one, tear away dreams, create added stress on families, 
diminish financial nest eggs, eliminate employment opportunities, and build geographic mobility limitations. It can make the strongest person cry. All aspects of one's being are involved in fighting a C. diff infection. It is through these experiences is why we are so passionate and dedicated to raising C. diff awareness worldwide. The C. diff Foundation was founded in 2012 with a mission to provide education and to advocate for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. The C. diff Foundation website provides information regarding antibiotic stewardship, up-to-date antibiotic news, nutritional support, home care information, healthcare professional information and infection control, government and private scientific research and development studies, and the foundation provides on-site presentations, community presentations, and hosts a yearly Raising C. diff Awareness conference in November. November has been depicted Raising C. diff Awareness Month and is growing and being accomplished through the foundation members, organizations, colleagues, and with the CDF volunteer program, where many of our volunteers are C. diff survivors themselves. We now have a C. diff 24-hour hotline to provide quality and validated C. diff infection information regarding the prevention, treatments, and environmental safety products offered. While we offer this support to families, we also um, offer to patients, healthcare providers, and through the difficult who are experiencing difficulties and challenges caused by the C. diff infection. The toll-free number is 1-844-367-2343. Our hotline is receiving between 20 to 30 calls a day now from healthcare professionals, patients, and their families impacted by this infection. Wow, Nancy, that sounds like a lot of stuff that C. diff Foundation is involved in. It's such a lot of good work that's being done by the foundation. Um, just quickly, what are the top questions that are asked by you know, the patients or the healthcare professionals who call into your C. diff Foundation hotline? The number one question that we have been um, hearing from not just healthcare providers, but patients and their families is, how do antibiotics cause the C. diff? Well, the antibiotics cause a disruption in the normal intestinal flora, which leads to an overgrowth of Clostridium difficile bacteria in the colon. The CDC has been sharing public announcements regarding antibiotic use, that colds and many ear and sinus infections are caused by viruses, not bacteria. Taking antibiotics to treat a virus can make those drugs less effective when you and your family really need them. Limiting the use of antibiotics will also help limit new cases of C. diff infections. Always discuss the symptoms and medications with your treating physician. So uh, how can we stop C. diff from, you know, causing disease? Uh, Well, we can all fight acquiring a Clostridium difficile infection, beginning with prevention. The C. diff infection is a preventable infection. In the most recent study, released on February 25th this year, 2015, by the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC director, Dr. Tom Frieden, MD, stated, C. difficile infections cause immense suffering 
and death for thousands of Americans each year. These infections can be prevented by improving antibiotic prescribing and by improving infection control in the healthcare system. The CDC hopes to ramp up prevention of this deadly infection by supporting state antibiotic resistance prevention programs in all 50 states. Well said. And so everyone must focus on hand washing, also known as hand hygiene, practice with correct technique and repeated frequently during the day to remove harmful germs, provide patient safety and adhere to infection control policies. Healthcare facilities can follow an antibiotic stewardship program, and individuals must limit their use of antibiotics. We cannot stress this enough. Environmental safety in all settings, utilizing an EPA-registered product with a C. diff kill claim will aid in eradicating the C. diff gram-positive aerobic spores that are found to be capable of surviving outside of the body for long periods of time. So, Nancy, just quickly, um, so it seems like a lot of these spores just lurk around in the hospital environment. So what can you say to healthcare professionals like the doctors, the nurses who are constantly exposed to patients who have C. diff? What can they do to protect themselves when they are treating patients who are diagnosed with a C. diff infection? Um, The healthcare professionals can protect themselves by following contact precautions, by washing their hands before patient care, utilizing um, personal protective equipment, and using care of patients diagnosed with C. diff infections, following infection control policies. Healthcare and environmental service professionals should be wearing personal protective equipment to minimize exposure to serious workplace illnesses. It's in acute care, long-term care, and home environments also. Personal protective equipment may be including gloves, shoe coverings, and gowns. And when your patient can't stand at the sink to wash their hands, please offer a basin of water and soap to the patient so that they also can wash their hands and remind visitors to wash their hands upon entering the patient's room and before exiting. All healthcare and environmental service professionals must wash their hands before exiting the patient's room. Communication is another big factor. Contact and alert other healthcare facilities prior to transferring a patient. Report an active C. diff infection to implement the follow contact precautions and isolation policies. We can all fight acquiring a C. diff infection. C. diff is preventable, and no one can do this alone, but all of us can do this together. Well, that sounds, um, you know, something that all healthcare professionals should, you know, focus on. And I think this whole bundle approach where, you know, where you first diagnose and identify a patient and then maybe isolate them and maybe have healthcare professionals who are coming in and out of the room to basically keep in mind that, you know, when they go from one room to the other, even if that hand washing takes a couple extra minutes, it can actually in the long term save lives. And I think this bundle approach has been implemented 
in many hospitals across the world, especially in the UK and the US, and they've seen a decrease in the number of C. diff infections in these hospitals. I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think, uh, you know, with the help of the C. diff Foundation, we're going to get the message across that, you know, together, like educating people, learning, you know, what this infection can do and ways of basically preventing this disease is the only way that we can stop the spread of this epidemic. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think the foundation, as well as Nancy, you are, you know, you are doing a great job in spreading this information. And I think, you know, starting from the CDC down to, you know, even a patient calling in on the hotline is, you know, is getting some feedback, some solace, some, you know, some information on how to fight this disease even better. So maybe quickly before we go to break, like for a minute or two, like if you can tell us, you know, something more about the foundation. Um. Yes, I can tell you that um, we are also working, you know, standing side by side with APIC and Shea, who we also, you know, are a member of, and they are highly uh, qualified individuals and professionals working in infection control and epidemiology. And those are the organizations that we really need to follow. And, you know, we all need to walk together. It's the only way we're going to get to um, prevent this infection from spreading and to put a stop to it. Absolutely. I think, you know, together, like you said, it C. diff is preventable and no one can do this alone. And we are all of us in it together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to go to break in a few seconds. And once we come back, we can discuss more about C. diff infections. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Ghosh. Thank you, Nancy, for all your work. And... When we come back, we will discuss uh, C. diff and what we know about C. diff, the epidemic of C. diff that's raging across the world right now. We will learn more from the scientific aspect of what a C. diff infection is all about. And as we discuss, uh, we will, I hope, to part, like, you know, leave our listeners with, you know, more information on how, you know, we can, um, you know, spread the word and prevent this infection. And we will be back in a few minutes after this commercial break. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join us November 9th, 2015 for the Raising C. diff and Healthcare Associated Infection Awareness Conference. This event will be chaired by Dr. Mark Wilcox, Professor of Medical Microbiology at the University of Leeds, UK, and hosted at the Doubletree Suites by Hilton Hotel in Boston, Cambridge. For more information about the event, Call us toll-free at 1-844-4C-DIFF or register starting on April 1st through the website cdifffoundation.org forward slash upcoming events. Call 1-844-4C-DIFF, 1-844-367-2343. We look forward to meeting you on November 9th. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, 
chakras, and the medical and spiritual community. Join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Well, welcome back and welcome to C. diff spores and more. And we have Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. And Dr. Ghosh, could you introduce our listeners to Clostridium difficile, also known as C. diff? Sure, Nancy. It would be my pleasure. Um, just quickly to, to give you guys a back, my background, I've been working on C. diff for about 10 years now. And Clostridium difficile um, is a gram, it's a gram-positive spore-forming bacillus, and it's the leading cause of antibiotic-associated hospital-acquired diarrhea in the industrialized world. What this means is if you are in a hospital, you're exposed to antibiotics because of whether you're going through surgery or you need antibiotics for any other comorbidities, your chances of acquiring C. diff spores, which are prevalent everywhere pretty much in a hospital that you ingest them and then it leads to diarrhea and this diarrhea is life-threatening it may sound like something simple but it's not and with the emergence of a hypervirulent strain and I know that sounds um, very dangerous and it is it the strain is known as b1 nap1 or it's known commonly known in the research field as 027 the epidemiology of c diff infection has rapidly changed in the last decade c diff infection was once thought to be an easy to treat bacterial infection you know once you go to the hospital if you take some antibiotics you have diarrhea for a couple of days you stop taking the offending antibiotics and the doctor prescribes you another antibiotic to treat um, the seed of infection. But what has happened is that over the last 10 years or so, the seed of infection has evolved into an epidemic that is associated with a high rate of mortality, causing disease in patients who were always thought to be low risk. And, you know, but mm-hmm. in today's show, we discuss the changing face of seed of infection, the novel treatment options that patients have, and also prevention strategies, which are very, very important that is needed to halt this ever-growing epidemic. So Mm. to go back in history, basically, with the discovery of penicillin in 1928 in St. Mary's Hospital in London, Alexander Fleming made a contribution, a huge contribution to mankind that would change the course of modern medicine. As we all know, we've all taken antibiotics throughout our lives, and, you know, and we 
could never not imagine life without antibiotics. But along with the discovery of antibiotics, you know, and vaccination, sanitation and nutrition, life expectancy changed in the developed world from about 50 years in not so long ago in 1945 to around 80 years in the 21st century. That's a big leap for mankind, basically. And, you know, before the antibiotic era, formerly fatal bacterial infections such as syphilis, diarrheal illnesses, lower respiratory infections, uh, you know, would routinely lead to death, but now are routinely cured by taking a course of an- antibiotics. Unfortunately, and this is a big unfortunately, this widespread use of antibiotics and the lack of antibiotic stewardship has led to adverse consequences. And these have appeared in the form of multidrug resistance that we hear about constantly on TV, multidrug resistant bacteria and emerging opportunistic infections and C. diff infection is one of them. And so how does C. diff cause C. diff infection and how do antibiotics affect this disease? So the biggest risk factor for getting a C. diff infection is taking antibiotics. So the human gut contains about 10 to the power of 14 bacterial uh, cells. And these represent thousands of different bacterial species. And some of them haven't even been named. Some Some of them haven't been cultured, nothing. These bacteria, along with protozoans, fungi, bacteriophages, which are viruses that affect only bacteria, play an important and a huge role in maintaining the diversity in our colon. 70% of our immune response occurs in the colon. And more importantly, resident bacteria, as well as transient bacteria, what's going through our body constantly, maintain a delicate balance that prevents, you know, pathogens such as C. diff from gaining a foothold in the gut, leading to disease. Now, just imagine this micro-micro interaction. They're basically competing for the same nutrients. They're competing for the same location. They're producing antibiotics that fight off each other. So if you take a broad-spectrum antibiotic, for example, you know, penicillin or clindamycin, that basically leads to the elimination of all this host healthy microflora of the gut. Basically, what happens is that you don't have any resistance to the passing microbes such as C. diff and not just C. diff, like Clostridium perfringens, Salmonella. What happens is that these now overgrow, colonize to substantial levels in the gut and cause disease. Of these, the most notorious and pressworthy culprit as of now, is C. C. difficile. C. diff infection has been around for more than 30 years. It's a hospital-acquired disease and and was always treated as a somewhat annoying byproduct of antibiotic use. So, you know. And Dr. Ghosh, so what exactly is um, is C. diff infection? Uh, You've given us a lot of background on on the arise and the history of C. diff, and that's so interesting. Um, a lot of facts that I'm sure a lot of our listeners didn't even know where it, it's been around for 30 years. It's not so more new. than 30 years. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but right now, um, a C. diff infection would be, would be categorized or, or defined as what? So, I mean, f- primarily C. diff infection has always been thought of as a hospital-acquired infection. But C. diff was first identified in the fecal material of newborn babies in 1935. So it's been around for longer than 30 years, in fact, Mm -hmm. by Hall and O'Toole and was incorrectly 
thought to be part of the normal gut flora since it was found in the stool of newborns. But it has been shown that about 60 to 70% of newborns and infants are colonized asymptomatically. So they have C. diff in their gut. They secrete C. diff in their fecal material, but they don't have any C. diff infection. They don't have any visible signs of C. diff diarrhea. Colonization of humans by C. diff can produce symptoms or enteric symptoms, which are broadly termed as as C. diff infection. They can range from... Asymptomatical, inst- in, asymptomatic inst- in, intestinal colonization to diarrhea to colitis, which is inflammation of the colon to pseudomembranous colitis, and in some cases, even death. You know, so one has to really think about what the risk factors are of getting C. diff infection. Broad spectrum antibiotic use is the number one risk factor of getting C. diff infection. If you're hospitalized, if you have an advanced age of greater than, um, you know, 65 or 70, and, you know, additional comorbidities, like if you have, you know, if in general your health is not as good as it should be, the risk of developing C. diff infection or C. diff diarrhea go up substantially. Mm -hmm. And just to give you a few numbers, antibiotic-associated diarrhea, or AAD, occurs in about 10% of all patients receiving antibiotics. And of this 10%, about 20 to 30% are due to C. diff. And antibiotic treatments can lead to the disruption of the gut microbiota and allow C. diff to germinate substantially to establish infection. So which antibiotics are the bad guys? So pretty much any antibiotic at this point can or may lead to a C. diff infection. But the notorious ones are, you know, clindamycin, cephalosporins, penicillins that increase the risk of acquiring C. diff. There are additional risk factors. For example, you know, if you have proton pump inhibitors, a lot of people take these nowadays, uh, you know, for, you know, gastric acid issues, you know, H2 blockers, which decrease the acidity of the stomach. What happens, it allows C. diff to pass through the gas stomach very easily where, you know, for them to reach the gut or the colon where the environment is perfect for, you know, the C. diff to basic, the spores of the C. diff to germinate into a toxin-producing bacteria. So um, epidemiological studies have shown that about 3% of healthy adults are colonized with C. diff. And this number increases drastically in the healthcare setting. Elderly patients especially are at risk with as many as 10% of all elderly patients described as, you know, greater than 65 years of age are colonized with C. diff at hospital admission. So 10% of patients come in with C. diff infection. And studies have shown that within the first week, about 13 to 20% of inpatients of a hospital acquire C. diff. And by four weeks, if you're in a hospital, for longer than four weeks, 50% of all in-house patients are colonized with C. diff. So age-related immune comorbidities, need for stay at a long-term care facility, surgical procedures, these are all risk factors. Secondary risk factors are, you know, vitamin D deficiency, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel disorders, as well as, you know, immunosuppressive medications such as chemotherapy, radiation can lead to uh, basically increasing your risk of getting 
C. diff infection. So how is C. diff um, transmitted? It's via fecal oral pathway. These pores are present everywhere and they can stay up to six months in on a hospital bed railing, etc. And if there's a susceptible patient around, these pores can then be ingested and, you know, can lead to disease in these patients. So germination of spores, germination of the seed of spores itself to form the vegetative form that actually releases toxins into the gut is the first critical step in the pathogenesis of C. diff. And as we, you know, and as we continue with our show, I will tell you a little bit more about what, you know, how the C. diff epidemic has been changing and what we can do to prevent or treat our patients nowadays. And as we, and we will be back in a few minutes after this commercial break. Thank you again to our listeners. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Biohacking for Health is working with your individual biology to gain access to and control over the systems within your body. It allows you to explore your biology and improve health and wellness. Each of us has unique genetic profiles and physiology that require individualized approaches. On Biohacking for Optimal Health, Dr. Daniel Stickler and his expert guests provide a roadmap to navigate the world of biohacking human potential. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-Diff. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. Diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. Diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. Diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us November 9, 2015 for the Raising C. diff and Healthcare-Associated Infection Awareness Conference. This event will be chaired by Dr. Mark Wilcox, Professor of Medical Microbiology at the University of Leeds, UK, and hosted at the Doubletree Suites by Hilton Hotel in Boston, Cambridge. For more information about the event, call us toll-free at 1-844-4-C-DIFF or register starting on April 1st through the website cdifffoundation.org forward slash upcoming events. Call 1-844-4-C-DIFF, 1-844-367-2343. We look forward to meeting you on November 9th. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Hi, welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more, where Dr. Ghosh has been speaking about the history and the landscape and scientific part of C. difficile. 
And as you had mentioned about the epidemiology um, of the C. diff infection, Dr. Ghosh, would you mind elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure, Nancy. Uh, absolutely. Thank you again for our listeners for tuning in uh, to our show. I briefly mentioned in the previous segment that the epidemiology of C. diff infection has been changing dramatically. Initially, C. diff was known as an annoying byproduct, like, you know, you may or may not get diarrhea if you take antibiotics. Just stop taking the antibiotics. You're fine. And, you know, you go on your merry way. But, you know, in the last 10 years or so, like I started working on C. diff vaccine research in 2005, right after my PhD. And I moved to Boston and I joined a lab in Mass General Hospital that worked on C. diff vaccines. And at that point, it was the early stages of this change in epidemiology. And the initial, initially everyone thought, and even in my, the back of my mind, like in everyone thinks C. diff is maybe something that's part of the human, you know, microflora, but, you know, it's nothing serious, but, you know, we still, like, and it's been, it's 2015 now, so it's been 10 years since I've at least been exposed to C. diff research, that we don't know exactly why, like one reason why this epidemic has changed so much in the last decade or so. Um, the last two decades have overseen a dramatic change in the epidemiology of C. diff infection. And, uh, you know, as I said, it was an annoying, easy to treat side effect of antibiotic use, but it is now associated with outbreaks with increased mortality and morbidity. And that's a scientific term. So what does that mean? Like, you know, in lay terms. So the incident of C. diff infection in hospitalized patients has risen dramatically. So the numbers I have, and these may have changed recently as well, are 31 cases per 100,000 patients in 1996 to 84 cases per 100,000 in 2005. So right when I started working on C. diff. And there are more than 300,000 cases of C. diff infection reported per year in the USA alone. Now, last month, the CDC gave out new numbers. Like, I've, you know, historically, whenever I give a C. diff talk, when I talk about my research, like my old slides say, you know, 14,000, you know, people die from C. diff infection a year. Now that number is 29,000. That's almost twice the number in about 10 years. This is the change in epidemiology that I have been, you know, alluding to. And this increase in the severity of this epidemic is not something that's unique to North America per se. Across Europe, many, many severe outbreaks of C. diff infection has been documented in almost all the countries at this point. And with the first cases being reported in England, followed by the Netherlands, this has also been reported in Australia, Asia, Central America, pretty much anywhere where, <coughs> excuse me, broad spectrum antibiotic use is, um, is available. The new epidemic of C. diff infection has been defined now by a community-based outbreak, which is very different from the previous outbreaks or the historical outbreaks of C. diff infection, where most of these cases were, you know, were hospital-based. So it's now like majority of these patients who are coming into the hospital already have C. diff infection. So what is different? Like these patients may have been on a course of antibiotics. They may have visited a dentist or a doctor's office. And that's where they've picked up these C. diff, C. diff uh, spores that have now germinated to cause, you know, 
life-threatening diarrhea in these patients. So nowadays, you know, there is no hallmark of what uh, a patient at risk for developing C. diff infection would be. Sometimes you even find patients who are not on antibiotics who develop C. diff, you know, infection. So it's, you know, so it's really, really, it's getting to the point where it's really hard to identify these patients and to isolate them because they're out in the community as well. Patients who were historically thought to be at low risk are now high risk. You know, C. diff infection that was easily treated by stopping antibiotics and giving, you know, a tre- um, an antibiotic that treats C. diff infection is now not so easy. Like these, a lot of these strains are now resistant to antibiotics. And the emergence of, you know, a new strain that I mentioned a little while back, 027, is leading to um, this increased... Uh, um, this increased severity of C. diff infection. Although C. diff 027 was around since the 1980s, it wasn't until the outbreaks in Quebec, Canada in the early 2000s that this strain was identified as the epidemic strain. The Quebec strain was associated with a mortality rate of 16.7%. That's 17% of all patients that got this strain basically died. At the same time, several hospitals across the United States also reported outbreaks by the same strain called 027. There are certain unique characteristics that might explain the increased severity of this strain. So what are these? But again, there's not one reason why these strain, you know, this strain would be more hypervirulent than the other. So one of the reasons is that the strain is you know, maybe more resistant to regular disinfectants. So commonly used disinfectants such as chlorine-releasing agents, oxygen-releasing agents, are in general the most effective than other disinfectants for killing spores. But whether this leads to decreased C. diff infection is still unknown. Hand hygiene, again, that's something that Nancy mentioned before, is very important in maintaining a barrier between patients who have and don't have C. diff infection. And by hand hygiene, we do mean washing your hand with soap and water as opposed to alcohol-based hand rubs. The reason, in at least personally, I feel like if you use alcohol-based hand rubs, this, if you do have vegetative cells, which are the toxin-producing cells on your hands, in the presence of alcohol, which is a drying agent, these vegetative cells, which are more susceptible to bleach or to any other form of disinfectant, they actually start forming spores because it's an adverse condition for them. These spores versus the vegetative cells can outlast a patient in a ward. They can be on the bed railings, then they can be on the doctor's stethoscope. They can be, you know, pretty much anywhere for more than six months. So, you know, again, what kind of hand hygiene we use is also very, very important. Also, you know, a lot of people feel that um, this strain has, um, you know, has many characteristics uh, that make it a little bit different. And like I mentioned, there's not one single such characteristic. It's resistant to a lot of different um, different uh, antibiotics. It is it sporulates more. So the more spores you have, 
the more chances there are of you being exposed to these spores. So these spores lurk around everywhere in the hospital. These spores are present in the community, which is where patients who are just at home or they might be taking a course of antibiotic at home can be exposed to these spores. At one point, and, you know, some of these you know, these epidemic strains have been shown to express 20 to 30 times more toxins than the historic strains. And the toxins of these strains or any strains basically of C. diff infection are the kind that are the one virulence factor that causes diarrhea. So if you have a C. diff strain that is missing these two toxins, you don't cause disease. So, you know, a lot of people have use this concept to maybe develop a vaccine or a probiotic. So if you have a C. diff spore that doesn't have toxins, that can be used as a vaccine or a probiotic to prevent toxin-producing strains from coming in. So high toxin producers, you know, producing strains is maybe one reason. They've seen like genetically some of these strains have a mutation in one of the regulators of toxin production that prevents, basically has, prevents a negative regulator from controlling the num- amount of toxin these strains are produced, producing. So there are many, there's a lot of research that's going on in the background in many research labs across the world that are trying to address why this epidemic has come about and why now. So, you know, so there are many, many reasons why this, um, you know, why this change has happened. And it's, it's interesting, I think, that, you know, that, you know, these different changes, different outbreaks of, of C. diff infection has, you know, has uh, had such an effect on the community. And the new outbreaks of C. diff infection are characterized very commonly by community-acquired C. diff. And recent surveillance data suggests that approximately 30% or greater of all C. diff cases are hospital-associated. Community-based patients are younger, which was never the hallmark of C. diff-infected patients, with fewer comorbidities and fewer complications. But still, they, if you have C. diff infection, you may be spreading it to more susceptible individuals in your household or in the neighborhood, or if you go to the doctor's office and you're shedding spores everywhere, uh, older, you know, more susceptible individual can come by and pick up that spore. And one of the other things that affect me like a lot and, you know, doesn't keep me up at night, but it's something that I think about a lot is how this infection has changed in terms of affecting children. Like I mentioned before, rates of C. diff infection in 1997, there was about 3000 cases of C. diff in children. In 2006, that number has doubled to 7,700. So approximately 30% of all newborns have C. diff in their gut. But with, by the time they're about 12 months of age, about 15% have C. diff infection. By about three years, you know, these patients are pretty much like, you know, have the same amount of colonization as adults. So, but in the recent years, children as less as young as 18 months of age have been infected with this hypovirulent strain. And so pediatric, uh, pediatric populations, uh, patients have uh, associated risk factor for developing C. diff infection and such as antibiotic therapy, immunodeficiency, 
poor diet, comorbidities, such as super infections and cancer. So these new ch- changes have to be implemented in uh, to address the rising cases of C. diff infection in children. So there are many, many reasons why the epidemiology is changing, the population that it is affecting is changing, and you know, and we have to be more aware of what these changes are. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back again with Nancy and myself, Chandra, on C. diff spores and more. Thank you again to our listeners. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us November 9th, 2015 for the Raising C. diff and Healthcare-Associated Infection Awareness Conference. This event will be chaired by Dr. Mark Wilcox, Professor of Medical Microbiology at the University of Leeds, UK, and hosted at the Doubletree Suites by Hilton Hotel in Boston, Cambridge. For more information about the event, Call us toll-free at 1-844-4C-DIFF or register starting on April 1st through the website cdifffoundation.org forward slash upcoming events. Call 1-844-4C-DIFF, 1-844-367-2343. We look forward to meeting you on November 9th. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C-DIFF and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C-DIFF infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C-DIFF awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Do you or does somebody you know face an ongoing battle with addiction? Our nation's drug problem is getting worse as we spend billions on the judicial system. It's time to fight the demand for drugs and not the supply. Listen for I Took the High Road with host Jacob Jansen, who has experienced both IV heroin addiction and recovery and is now here to both help and educate you with his story and engaging guests. There are great resources available for recovery and there is hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Welcome back, listeners, to our show, uh, C. diff spores and more. I'm here with Nancy Karala from the C. diff Foundation and myself, Chandra Bali Ghosh. I've been giving you a brief outline and a background of what C. diff infection is, how the epidemiology of C. diff infection has changed, and what we can do to prevent uh, C. diff infection in the community as well as in the hospital. 
There are many ways of treating C. diff infection. Um, you know, as I mentioned, since the, uh, the epidemic has changed drastically in the last 10 years, you know, patients who were historically thought to be at low, low risk in outpatient settings, children, peripartum mothers, healthcare workers, and also people in the community with no previous exposure to antibiotics are at risk. Mm -hmm. There are many antibiotic-based therapies which still remain the mainstay of management of C. diff infection. But there are many new therapies such as fecal transplants and probiotics have been are being developed by different companies, different academic institutions, which are aimed at restoring the normal microbiota in patients. And these different methods and therapies are gaining momentum in the medical community. This is a very interesting time in C. diff research as many different new avenues of active and passive vaccinations are being tested in clinical trials for initial and recurrent C. diff infection. Antibiotic um, stewardship, in addition to strict standards of infection control in hospitals, are providing a multifaceted bundle approach in successfully decreasing the spread of C. diff infections in hospitals and in the community among patients. Collaborative approaches between patients, healthcare workers, and researchers can potentially stop the growth of the current C. diff epidemic. And that's where, you know, the C. diff foundation plays a unique role. This is where we spread the news about C. diff infection, of different options there are of treating C. diff infections, and much more. As I turn off over the show to Nancy Kerala, uh, Nancy, would you mind telling us a little bit more about the foundation and the different people who helped this foundation grow and the reason behind the success of this foundation? Certainly. Thank you, Dr. Ghosh, for all of your information and for sharing the uh, the scientific and the landscape and the changes of C. diff over the years and decades. Very in, The information is uh, helpful and it really it broadens the knowledge of all the listeners who, uh, you know, just don't, we don't receive that kind of information uh, in a doctor's office, that's for sure. But we have um, uh, the C. diff Foundation. Uh, is is made up of uh, quality and professionals who are the key components within the foundation and are greatly appreciated for their continued efforts in supporting the foundation with their time and participation. Um, myself, I'm the founding executive director. Uh, we have Scott Battles, who's our vice president. Uh, our medical director is Dr. Ahmed Mandalawi, uh, he was based in Bahrain. Dr. Anthony, uh, Dr. Anthony DeMonico is our marketing vice president. Tiffany uh, Ebaflu is our secretary. Roland Dory is our vice chair. Angela Ortiz is our treasurer. And then we go down to our chairpersons and committees who play a vital role in supporting the foundation. Lisa Bridges is our uh our licensed uh, social worker who works with Mental Health Advisory Committee, and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh, you are chairperson for Research and Development Committee. And with you work Dr. Martha Clokey uh, from the UK, Dr. Rosie Lyles, who's with uh, uh, Clorox and uh, Development over in uh, California, Dr. Simon Cutting, who's a professor at Royal Holloway University in UK, Dr. Chad Euler, who is a teaching in uh, scientific research in New York. Dr. David Cook, 
uh, who is um, working over at, uh, oh, I can't all of a sudden, right? I can't remember. Uh, in Sarah's help- Biologics in Boston. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Okay, I got lost on that one. Um, Tiffany is also our chairperson in the Pediatric Support Research and Development Committee. And as you mentioned, uh, the pediatric population has increased dramatically even since I first was touched with C. diff in 2008. Uh, the amount of pediatrics is just uh, incredible. It's um, it's definitely a population and the age groups uh, that we really need to focus on because the treatments are more are limited compared to the adult. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Dr. Um, Joel Davis is our chairperson of marketing and graphics art. Karen Factor is our registered dietitian, chairperson of nutrition and wellness. Brian Anderson, he is our chairperson of biologic research and development committee. With him is Dr. Michael Calico, Dr. Mike uh, Joseph Simon, uh, Dr. Andy Bristol, and Lewis Barrett, who they all work together and uh, are uh, supporting the foundation in their information and uh, work with synthetic biologics. The CETA Foundation also hosts a volunteer program, and which has tremendously grown uh, over the past two years. We are now raising CDF awareness uh, and antibiotic resistance information in over 20 countries. Uh, if you or your family or friends would like to join the CDF volunteer program, please send your inquiries to info at cdifffoundation.org. We'd be more than happy to um, send you the information about it. So I want to just say that our foundation uh, turns three this November. We um, we have next Tuesday, we will be discussing C. diff and the microbiome with our guest, Dr. Casey Theriot of the Uni- University of Michigan and Dr. Martha Clokey at the University of Leicester in the UK. You can email any of your questions to Dr. Theriot or Dr. Clokey at info at cdifffoundation.org. Uh, and last names will be withheld for privacy. And we do have a quick question. We have a question came in from Lisa from Maryland. And her question is regarding probiotics. And it's uh, when is the best time to uh, take a probiotic? Uh, it is found to be the best time to take live culture probiotics, a natural form, kefir, yogurt, miso soup, kabucha tea, to name a few on a full stomach after a meal, and that's per microbiologist Francine Mandu in France. And the reason is the gastric pH environment in the stomach is less acidic and allows probiotic strains to survive for at least two hours in the gastrointestinal system with a pH of 4.0. But it's recommended not to take the probiotic and the antibiotic for treatment of C. diff at the same time. So thank you, Lisa, for emailing us your question today. We appreciate that. And um, Dr. Ghosh, do you have anything else you wanted to add to this before we no. wrap it up for the day? I just wanted to thank our listeners once again for joining in. And, um, you know, C. diff infections and doing C. diff research is very close to my heart. And I feel through the foundation I can you know, move one step closer to the patients, to the actual population that actually needs our help. It's very, sometimes you get cut off from 
you know, the people, the work that we do in the lab sometimes seem disjointed compared to the patients out there. But I think through reaching out through all these patients and healthcare workers and volunteers, I feel that I'm connecting with the people who benefit the most from my research. So I find, you know, our show very rewarding from our side. And I think I speak for Nancy as well when I say this. Well, so. and, and you do. Thank you, Dr. Ghosh. And this, um, this initial show is um, dedicated to all our C. diff survivors uh, on the glo- around the globe, and one thing we can say is never lose hope. And none of us can do this alone. And all of us can do this together. So yes. I thank you, Dr. Ghosh, for all the information you shared with us today. Thank you again, Nancy. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners. And we'll be back next Tuesday, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time. We hope that you enjoyed the show. And we hope the many more to come that you'll enjoy and, and learn with us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your hosts, Nancy and Dr. Ghosh, again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. 